Psalms chapter 116, verse 12. I want to thank y'all again for being so faithful to the, doing the Dove Festival and put y'all, you know, y'all tithing them really well. And the, the, that money's going to buying these Bibles, buying these books, and buying these, these dog uh, tags and uh, all the things that we're doing. Uh, it takes money to do that stuff, to buy the, the booth and the, do all that. And I've noticed every year that it, gets, it starts dwindling and dwindling down. And it seems like there was less people there than ever that I've ever been there. There was just not, not that many people there. But what I noticed is, you know, uh, I don't know if there's any other churches there. I saw the Gideons were there again. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, we saw the Gideons. But I didn't know, if, was there any other churches there setting up with the booth? I don't, I, I don't, I don't think so. And uh, it's a kind of a shame about that, but we know we're being faithful. Amen. I mean, that's one thing you have to say about Indian Gap is we're faithful to, to doing, I think, doing what we're, going, we're supposed to do. But uh, I can tell you somebody who wasn't there. The Jehovah's Witnesses. Amen. And they set us, they, we found out last week, at the end of last week, they're gonna, they had us in the booth that they always give the Jehovah's Witness the same spot every year. And the booth they gave us was going to be right across the aisle from where they were. So it was, me and Ronnie were talking about that. It's like, ooh, we should bring some guns and knives. There's going to be something break out right there. We know something's <laughs> going to, something bad's going to happen there. And they never showed up. They never were around. So, uh, and, and I know a lot of y'all were like praising the Lord because if y'all don't know, if you go down there to work that booth with me, I won't leave until the Jehovah's Witness leave. Amen. <laughs> I won't leave. Let's wait for them to leave. Let's wait for them to leave. I mean, I'm just, I, it's like competition to me. You know, I'm not leaving. I'm not, leaving the, I'm not leaving with the truth and having the, the lie stay there, you know. I just can't stand it. So the, when, when y'all got there, and I know some of y'all saw that the Jehovah's Witness weren't around, y'all were like, praise the Lord, we'll get to go home at noon, you know. <laughs> and we shut it down earlier than we've ever shut it down. That's because the JWs weren't there. So praise the Lord for that. Yeah, we, we were tired, but we, it was dwindling, dwindling down. It was, there, weren't, there wasn't as many people there, but we still got a lot done, and I know the Lord got glorified, and that's, it's all about Jesus Christ. Amen. That's it's what it's all about, Jesus Christ. So we're at Psalms 116, and uh, I want to I remind you all, last Sunday I preached a sermon on the benefits of the Lord, and the benefits of the Lord, and it was a, a sermon on the benefits of being saved. Once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a real benefit to that. And the, the Bible says it. The Bible says there's benefits of the Lord. And when we looked at that, and that was found in, a, that was found in Psalms 103 and Psalm 68. Uh, Psalm 68 and Psalms 103. And I'm going I'm to repeat, uh, give you a, the list of these. There were, there were 12 of them. There's a lot more than 12 benefits to, to serving the Lord and being saved. But the benefits of being saved, one of them was, He forgiveth all, the, all thine iniquities. He doesn't just forgive some of them, but He forgives all of them. Uh, he healeth all our diseases. He healeth all our diseases. Some of them now, all of them later, praise the Lord. Amen. He redeemeth thy life from destruction. God redeems us from the destructive lifestyle that we have been living. And I praise the Lord for that. Crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. You're covered with the loving kindness and tender mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the fifth one we found out the benefit was is that he satisfies thy mouth, thy mouth with good things. It's not if we're going to eat, it's what we're going to eat. Uh, he executes judgment for all that are oppressed. He knows what you're going through and how you're being treated. And that's a real benefit of being saved. God's going through it with you. He will not always chide, the Bible's told us. And we learn that when the Lord does have to dis discipline us, it's not for very long. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. We found out we have not, got, we not, we have not gotten 
what we deserve. Uh, he, receive, he removes our transgressions. He not only forgives us our sins, but removes our sins and forgets about it. Praise the Lord for that. And, and one of my favorites was number 10, was a fa as a father pitieth his children. He treats us like a good father. That's a good benefit of being saved. He knoweth our frame. He remembers what we are, that we're sinners saved by grace. And then the last one from last week was that he's from everlasting to everlasting. Uh, these benefits of being saved from Jesus, these benefits of being saved are not for just right now. They're forever. They're forever. So we serve a great Savior. We serve a great God. And there's great benefits to being, to being saved. Not the least is that it, when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, you, know, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but you know that you got heaven waiting on you. And that's a, that's a great benefit of being saved. So looking at something, now that I've said all that, and I've kind of caught you up if you weren't here, here last week, we're going to continue that in Psalms 116. And now that we know that there's great benefits to being saved, what should we do now that we know about the benefits of being saved? Now look at Psalms chapter 116, verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? So that's the question I want to ask you, is the psalmist is asking, what shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits towards me? You know, the Lord's doing so much for you. What should you be doing for Him? What shall I render unto the Lord for all His benefits toward me? We have such great, great benefits being saved. And we all could say amen to that. We have such great benefits. If you didn't know it, you, should, you could have heard it last Sunday. What should we do now? We should show our appreciation to Him. Amen. Amen. We should be appreciative of that. Nobody, nobody, and I mean no one, likes an ungrateful taker. Nobody likes that. You know, when I was uh, 16, 17 years old working at that grocery store there in Brownwood, I was sacking groceries, and I remember this lady came through the grocery line, and she came through the grocery line, and, and she had food stamps. And that was at, the, at that time, back in those days, you actually had, you know, stamps, you know. You had little... And, and uh, she came through there, and she was trying to buy dog food with some other uh, groceries. And this lady said uh, that, that, that she, she was buying, buy, trying to buy the dog food, and the cashier told, Ma'am, you can't buy this uh, dog food with food stamps. you got to be kidding me, what that lady said. She goes, Just hold on a second. And I was up there, you know, bagging her groceries, and she went to the back, and, and she went to the back, and she got all this uh, ground meat and brought it up there. She's going to feed her dog with that ground meat with food stamps because she couldn't buy dog food she's just going to go buy ground meat to give to her dog with those food stamps and I loaded all that up and I put it in a, in a grocery cart for her and I carried out her groceries to this is back when we carried out groceries you remember those days and I carried out groceries to the car for her and we got out there and she was driving a brand new Cadillac she got in that Cadillac and she just drove off and I thought you know I didn't have a lot of good to say about her are we not like that lady? The Lord has blessed us and did so much for us and we just take it and we take it and some of us, and I hope it's none of us, are so unappreciative of what the Lord's done for us. And He doesn't have to be that way. He doesn't have to be that way. We sh nobody, nobody, no one I know likes an ungrateful taker. Let's look at verse 13. He's going to list out, the psalmist is going to list out seven things that we should do now that we understand 
the benefits of the Lord. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? So the question is, what should I do? This is what you should do. Verse 13, the very first thing you've got to do it found, found, is found in verse 13. I will take the cup of salvation. Once you understand the benefits of the Lord, you better get in the club. You better get saved. If you're underneath the sound of my voice and you're hearing about how great it is to be a Christian, how great it is to be saved, how great it is to know Jesus Christ, and you don't know Jesus Christ, what are you waiting on, man? Come on. It's a good time, man. It's good. I'm not telling you everything's, uh, everything's a rose garden, but, man, life is good. You know, Jesus Christ says, I'll give you life and I'll give it to you more, more abundantly. And I've can, I can give you that testimony. Once I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, my life has been so good and the Lord's been so good to me and I don't deserve it. And, and this time after time after time that I didn't deserve it, the Lord would bless me anyway. And he'd take care of me anyway. And I've got a son right now that's not living for the Lord, but he's saved. He's part of the family of God. And you know what I see God doing in his life? Giving him benefits. He's still getting benefits of being saved, even though he's not doing anything for the Lord. And I thank the Lord for that. It's good to be on the side of the family of God. It's, it's really, really good. Guys, there's nothing to be frowning about. There's nothing to be frowning about. We have a good time. Oh, Ronnie called me up the other night. I was out there Friday night. I was out doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to tell you what I was doing, but I can tell you I wasn't drinking and I wasn't partying. So don't go off saying I was doing anything crazy. I wasn't smoking any pot or anything like that. But I was having a good time, and I was in San Antonio, Texas, and, and Ronnie called me up, and I needed to be in, in Hamilton the next morning by 7 o'clock in the morning or whatever, and Ronnie called me up, and we were talking. It was about 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, and he goes, well, you sitting at home right now? I said, no, brother, I'm still up here in San Antonio. He goes, you're crazy. He said, like, why? He couldn't believe I was up there. I said, brother, you're just lucky I'm not naked running around somewhere. I'm just enjoying life. <laughs> you know, I am. I just what I told him. I said, I'm just enjoying life. Life is good. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I'm happy being a Christian. I don't wake up with a hangover. I don't wake up. I, you know what's great about being a Christian? You don't wake up regretting what you did the night before. I've never went to church and went home regretting what was... I always have loved serving the Lord, and I appreciate it. And let me tell you something. You just need to take that cup of salvation. Notice, it says, I will take the cup of salvation. It's being offered to you. This is a benefit that's being offered to you, but it's just like what I was talking about last week. These benefits sound a lot like, to me, like a grocery store benefit card. That you, If you get in the club, you get the card that when you go to that grocery store, they give you coupons, they give you all this free stuff, but you've got to be in the club. You've got to be in the, you got to join them. You've got to sign up for it. In other words, you've got to take the cup of salvation. A gift, this free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, it can be offered but not received. You got to take it. The old famous story to Dwight O. Moody, he, he handed out, he, he pulled a dollar bill out of his wallet and he was preaching a big revival and he held out a dollar bill and he said, anybody who wants this dollar bill can come down, come down and take it. And he held out that dollar bill and this young boy, he ran down the aisle and he stood in front of Brother Moody with a big old smile on his face and he stood there and he stood there and there was another lady at the back of the church with her son and he, she told her son, go down and get that dollar bill. And that young man ran up there and he grabbed that dollar bill, pushed that other boy out of the way and grabbed that dollar bill out of Brother Moody's hand. And that other young boy that was waiting there, he got the first, he started, he started tearing up and Brother Moody said, I said to come and take it, son. I said to come and take it. Guys, there's times, there's some of us in here that when we heard about the story and when we finally got and started understanding about Jesus Christ, we didn't let somebody sit there and try to offer it to us. We ran and took it. That's the best thing we had heard and we took it, man. 
I don't know if you remember, if you were out there Saturday with this brother and remember that guy that had all the tattoos from the crown of his head all the way to the, that brother out there had come out of prison and I was talking to him. We were talking about Jesus Christ and you look at him and he looked like he would kill you if you looked at him wrong. He was the meanest, toughest, honorest, meanest rattlesnake looking guy you'd ever seen in your life. But he found Jesus Christ in prison and got saved. And he's trying to serve the Lord and doing stuff for the Lord. And he's trying to get right and he's trying to serve the Lord. He's not perfect. None of us are perfect. But he's trying to serve the Lord. Now that's a man that's at, been at the bottom that somebody offered him Jesus Christ. And he had been around the whole world. He said, that's what I need right there. That Jesus Christ. And he took it. Don't let somebody offer you something free and not take it. you got to take it. It says right there, I will take the cup of salvation. The second one is found there in verse 13. And call upon the name of the Lord. The way you get saved is calling upon the name of the Lord. It's the name of the Lord. The Bible says, neither is there, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It's the name, the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's the name of Jesus Christ that I cry out to when I pray. It's the name of Jesus Christ that I praise when things are going good and God's given some healing. It's the name of Jesus Christ that I praise when somebody gets saved. It's the name of Jesus Christ I praise when I have some good food on the table. It's all about the name of Jesus Christ. You say, why is it that the name of Muhammad or Buddha or, or the Pope or, 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 or a pastor or a preacher, it's not about them because they didn't do nothing for me. Jesus Christ died for me, shed his blood for me, and offered me eternal life. He's the one, and it's all through his name. And, it, and you call and call upon the name of the Lord. You take that cup, you call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Man, it's, it's all right there, guys. It's all right there. you got to call on him, and you got to ask him to save you. You know what I know about the Lord? He'll save you. Old Bunyan, he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, uh, I think to this day it's still the second uh, highest best-selling book of all time. It's called Pilgrim's Progress. And Bunyan wrote it. First-selling book of all time is, of course, the Bible. King James Bible. And Bunyan was a Bunyan was, was in prison for preaching, and he wrote The Pilgrim's Progress. But his favorite verse, when I was studying his autobiography and his biography, his favorite verse was when Jesus Christ says, I'll in no wise cast thee out. If you'll come unto me, I'll in no wise cast thee out. And he loved that verse. You know why he loved that? Because that's a verse for me, too. I like it that the Lord said, if you'll come to me and you'll take my salvation, I'll never cast you out. And when Bunyan said, when I grabbed a hold of that verse, I started understanding what that verse meant. He said, I never looked back. And he did some great things for the Lord. Because he understood the benefits of being saved. There's great benefits of being saved. And we should pay back the Lord. So let's go to verse 14. I will. Verse 14. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Once you've took Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's a vow, guys. You're making a vow, and you need to pay that vow. What, what do you mean, Brother Keegan? When you're, when you're calling upon the name of the Lord to save you, what you're saying is, I receive and take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. What I'm trying to say is, what you're saying is, you're saying Jesus Christ can be the Lord of your life. 
That's a vow saying, Lord, I want you to save me. You're the Savior of the universe. Your blood will save me. I need to call upon you, and I confess you with my mouth and believe in my heart that you're raised from the dead. You're doing these things. But when you're making this vow, that means that you belong to him. It's like a wedding vow. When you stood up for the preacher and you made those vows, you were making a vow saying, she belongs to me, I belong to her. We're making a vow together. Guys, when you got saved, you made a vow, and some of us are not keeping up with that vow. Some of us are not doing what, we're, what we promised we would do, which is allow the Lord to be the Lord of our life. And what that means is there's times the Lord gets you to do stuff that you don't want to do. You know, you, you, and we've seen that sometimes last Saturday when we were at the, uh, yesterday when we were at that Dove Festival. There's some people walking by, and you've seen some of the people walk up by that booth, and they got the meanest, ugliest look on their face. <laughs> and you're like, I, I need to hand them a track. And the Holy Spirit says, hand them a gospel track. And you're like, no, they're ugly. I don't want to talk to them. They're going to meet, they're going to cuss me out or something. The Lord says in your heart, hand them a gospel track. And you've got to submit yourself and say, all right, Lord, you're the Lord. And you hand them, and, and you, you, they have this ugly look, and then their face lights up. <laughs> and you, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. It, what, what a blessing it is to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we will pay, pay. I say, he says, verse 14, he says, I will pay my, my vows. It's time to pay up. It's time to pay up, guys. Man, the Lord's been so good to us. Don't you think we could do something for Him and pay Him back? I, I mean, I want to pay Him back. We know that this, we're not talking about salvation. We're just talking about just paying Him back what He deserves. He deserves everything we do for Him. Amen. You know, the Lord really got on to His disciples about this. And it's one of the most convicting verses in the whole Bible for me personally. And this is what Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Listen to this. Jesus Christ said, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Wow, I don't like that. A lot of us are so quick to say, Yeah, Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the Lord says, Why are you calling me Lord? You're not doing anything I tell you to do. Now, we know the Lord tells us to do Everybody has a different calling. Amen. Not everybody's called to preach. Not everybody's called to hand out a tract to a stranger. I mean, I know some of y'all are, are, are shy about that, but the Lord's called you to your individual purpose. And if the Lord's been speaking to your heart during your life and during these weeks and you said, there's some things I need to do, man, I'm telling you, let's do them. Amen. Man, he's been giving you all these great benefits. Don't be the lady in the grocery line that's taking, care, taking advantage of all the system but not doing nothing to pay it back. Not doing nothing to pay it back. Guys, we should not be an ungrateful taker. We should pay our vows and we should pay them like he's given us everything in the world. And he is giving us everything in the world. I was reading about this missionary that was a missionary to the Indians. And he had something really interesting to say. Because, you know, you, he, there was a language barrier there. And, of course, there's a cultural barrier there. But he said that he found that once... That, and let me read this to you. I found that once these people were gripped by the great evangelical meaning of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. He said he just always just preached Jesus and him crucified. Jesus and him crucified. That's what this guy was. His name was Brainyard. He said every time I just preached Jesus and him crucified. When he preached that, he said, I did not have to give them many instructions about changing their behavior. See, you don't need a preacher coming up, standing up and telling you how to live your life and what you should be doing for the Lord. You know in your heart what you should be doing. And I don't know. 
And I don't want you telling me what to do, amen? And I don't want to be telling you what to do. But the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, sometimes will give us directions. We know how to live. We know the things the Lord wants us to do. We know these things. The Holy Spirit's speaking in our heart. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. There's very few of y'all ever come up to me and say, I don't know if I should be doing this, Brother King. I don't know if I should be doing that. A lot of y'all come up to me and say, Brother King, I'm not doing something I should be doing. I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. You know it. The Holy Spirit's been convicting you. And we want to pray for each other. But guys, just keep thinking about Jesus Christ and the sacrifice he did for you. And that will make you want to live that kind of life. That'll make you want to live it. Amen. Man, there's nothing else in this world worth living for. Amen. Man, when old, uh, Bobby stood up, my stepdad Bobby stood up and he said, there's nothing in the wor world worth living for than Jesus Christ. And he lived it. He went to Brazil, what, 16 times, Kathy? How many times? 17. I mean, he was just always over in Brazil living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's the only thing worth living for. You know what I know about Bobby? Every time you've seen him, he had a smile on his face. That's just his telling you. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Brother, Brother Charles Spurgeon, he's called the Prince of Preachers. When he, he was a great doctrinal teacher. He taught the Bible. He has, you can still find just, he's got all these big volumes and volumes of books he's written on the Bible and preached about the Bible. And on his deathbed, he told one of his friends, he said, that I, I'm going to sum up my theology, my theology in four words, in four little words. This is my theology. Jesus died for me. Amen. <laughs> That's it. Once you understand that Jesus died for me, it makes all the difference in the world. Guys, we have so many great benefits from the Lord Jesus Christ, and we need to start paying it back. I believe it. And we're not paying it back for salvation, right? We're just doing what's right. We're just doing what's right. I will pay my vows unto the Lord. Now, look, now, now in the presence of all his people. Hmm. That's the fourth one. Now in the presence of all his people. How are you going to be in the presence of all his people? Church, go to church. The fourth point is a simple one. Go to church. I'll leave it at that. Let me give you a verse. Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As a manner of some is, don't let it be your manner, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Jesus Christ is coming back. It's getting closer and closer, guys. We need to be serving Jesus Christ, and we need to get together. You know how you find out about all these benefits of serving the Lord? Getting around His people in church. It's just a, that's, you know how you find out about how great Jesus Christ is? Get around other Christians. It's just that simple, guys. I mean, it's, we, we, you know, we went through, uh, three Wednesdays not being able to have church. First Wednesday was my fault because I got, I got deathly ill. I thought I was going to die, which I wasn't. But I, I couldn't come up to church on Wednesday. Had, had a kidney stone. Second Wednesday, it flooded out here. So we decided to call off the second Wednesday. Third Wednesday, it was raining again, real, real heavy. And because the ground was so wet, the roads were, were running over again. So that was three Wednesdays in a row. And I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to mention any names. But I got a text message from somebody's daughter. And I'm not going to mention any names. It said, for the love of God, please have church on Wednesday. My dad is about to drive me nuts. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not mentioning any names. 
but for the love of God, please have church on Wednesday. My dad is about to drive me nuts. What happens is, is you start, when you're not around God's people, you're not around singing, you're not around the Bible, you're not around Bible preaching, you start turning meaner than a rattlesnake, if you're like me. And your family starts saying, I can tell there's something different about you. We need that fill-up. We need that weekly fill-up, guys. And it's even so mad that some of us, like me and Brother Raymond, we need a weekly, a midweek fill-up because we're so rotten. But praise the Lord that he gives us that opportunity. Man, we got great benefits in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you just need to show up to church. Let's look at the fifth one. It's found in verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It's a very, very oxymoron type of verse. And that's what all Christianity is, is a bunch of oxymorons. That makes no sense. Why is it precious that there's nothing precious about death? <laughs> You've been around somebody who's passing away. There's nothing precious about somebody dying. That's how we see it. And we see somebody going through that. But in God's eyes, it's very precious because what we see as the end is not the end. And we as Christians understand this is not the end. <laughs> We understand if we can get it and the Holy Spirit gives it to us, we understand this is not the end. This is only the beginning to a new life, to an eternal life, to where we get to go to heaven and be with our family, with God and our family, Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And to God, that's very precious. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Now I want to stop here and, and, and just hover over this for a little while. And I want to point out to you that when you die, you need to be a saint. What I mean by that is when you die, don't die like the wicked. And I'm saying this as a preacher that has to preach funerals. And as a preacher that has to preach funerals, it's very, very hard to preach the death of somebody who's wicked. It's really, really hard. It's real hard to get up there and you try not to lie and you try to skirt the issue. Because you don't know if they're in heaven or not. It makes it hard. And let me tell you something. When you pass away, why don't you die like a saint? What I mean by that is, when you're a preacher and you have to preach a funeral to somebody who goes to church on a regular basis, that goes to church and it lives for the Lord, and you know you've heard testimony, and you've seen just last week before they passed away they were talking about Jesus Christ, it's very, very easy to preach that funeral. Oh, man, we have a good time. I mean, I think one of the most cut-up, uh, laughing Good times we ever had was preaching Sister Winnie Stevens' funeral. I mean, we laughed and joked around and cut up, and I told stories on Sister Winnie, because we know she's up in heaven, and it, it, we were sad that she's gone away, but it wasn't an end. But when you're a, fun, when you're at, when you're a preacher and you've got to preach a funeral, and the family comes up to you and says, yeah, she got saved at 10 years old at this little church, but you've never seen any testimony of her living a Christian life. You never seen a testimony, and when they passed away, she hadn't been living in Chetman going to church. She hadn't been talking about the Lord. As a matter of fact, she'd been living more like the wicked live. Boy, that's hard. And I'm trying to point out to you as a benefit, since the Lord gives you so many benefits, why don't we live like a saint? Amen. Live like a saint and die like a saint. Amen. That's, that's my point to you. There was a lady that loved the Lord, and she would memorize Scripture, and as she was getting older, like what happens with most of us, we start, our memories start slipping. And she had memorized, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What a, what a beautiful verse. As she got older, 
her memory started slipping, and she only could remember that which I have committed unto him. That which I've committed unto him. And her family said as she lay on her deathbed and as she, was, uh, as she was taking some of her last breaths and she was whispering and they said, Mama needs something. And the, and the son got down there, Mama, you need something. And the mama was whispering something. And he got down there close to where he could hear her and she was saying, Him, 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 Jesus Christ. She got to the end. She could only remember Him our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now that, my friend, is precious to the Lord when you die like a saint. That's what we should do to the Lord. Verse 15, we should die like a saint. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Verse 16, O Lord, truly I am thy servant. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. The sixth thing we should render to the Lord now that we know the benefits of the Lord, the sixth thing we should do is be a servant to the Lord and not the world. And I always try to point that out, the flip side of every coin. We should be a servant to the Lord and not to the world. If you're a Christian and you, you know the benefits of being saved, and man, there's so many of them, why are you serving the world and not the Lord? Let's read that again. Verse 16, O Lord, truly, I am thy servant. He's your Lord, right? Amen. That's that vow we talked about. You took that vow when you got saved that he's your Lord and Savior. That's that vow. Well, then that means you're his servant. Amen. And you're saying there, Lord, 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 I am truly, I am truly, I am thy servant. I am thy servant. He repeats it, see. It's a double witness. It's a double testimony. I'm yours. I'm your servant. I'm yours. I'm not the world's. Don't let the world be your master. Jesus Christ is your master. Don't let the world tell you how to dress. Don't let the world tell you how to dress. Don't let the world tell you how to talk. Don't let the world tell you how to walk. And men, they're trying to beat us down, Christians. They're trying to get us to where we won't talk about Christ, that we won't talk about salvation, we won't talk about Jesus Christ, but we need to stand up and, and do what's right. Like Sister Colleen was doing with her, with her doctors talking to her, and she made sure to straighten him out. Hey, Jesus Christ is the reason why I'm getting this healing. She's giving the glory to Jesus Christ. That, that's, but they don't want you to do that, see? And don't, don't be honorary, man. Get, get a little backbone. I mean, when somebody does that to me, it makes me want to stand up for Jesus Christ even taller. It does. It stirs something up in me when I see them acting that way. Because they sure don't mind acting like a fool for their world. They talk like the devil, talk like... We were out there at that festival yesterday, and there was people walking by saying some of the most filthy, nasty things. And all I could think of is, I hope some of these ladies aren't listening to this. Just nasty, filthy mouth. Out in public. Among everybody else. Like it was no big deal. Guys, don't let the world tell you how to talk. Don't let the world tell you how to walk. Don't let the world tell you how to dress. Let's live for the Lord. He's our master, and we're his servant. And you know why? It's at the end of that verse right there. And the son of thine handmaid, thou, Lord, thou hast loosed my bonds. Remember who saved you. <laughs> Remember who saved you. Amen. Amen. Remember why it's Jesus Christ. Never forget that. Never forget who sacrificed for you. Never, ever forget that. He's the one that loosed your bonds. It's Jesus Christ that came and delivered you. It's Jesus Christ who saved you. It's Jesus Christ giving you these benefits. 
We should let him be our master. He's our Lord, and we're just simply servants doing what we're supposed to do. Verse 17 in closing, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. So the seventh thing you should do is simply be thankful and thank the Lord for all his benefits. Yeah. I know I, think, I know I talked a lot about this last Sunday, and I don't want to keep harping on it, but we should be thankful. Amen. We, we should be really, really thankful. And, and I'm thankful because I know no matter what happens to me tomorrow, Jesus Christ has got a place waiting for me up in heaven. Amen. I can't promise you tomorrow. Doctors can't promise you tomorrow. Your mom, your dad, your parents, nobody can promise you tomorrow. So live for the Lord Jesus Christ today because he's the one that's promising you a tomorrow. He's the one that's giving you a tomorrow. Your tomorrow's good even if you pass away. Amen, Brother Keegan. <laughs> I mean, y'all might, might be slow to that, but your tomorrows are good. Your tomorrows are good if you die in a crash tonight. Your tomorrows are good thanks to Jesus Christ. <laughs> You know, that's like, and I, I can't, I wish I could sing. If I could sing and praise the Lord that some of y'all can sing, but I can't sing. If I could sing, I would break into that song right now. It, it doesn't matter. I'm a winner either way. If I leave or if I stay, I'm a winner either way. That song speaks to what I'm trying to tell you right now, is that you've got a tomorrow, no matter what the Lord brings into your life, He's working in your life. He's doing something, but guys, let Him work. Tomorrow is promised. The tomorrow is promised, the streets of gold, the heavenly home, the mansion. It's all promised by Jesus Christ. And he said, don't let your heart be troubled. John chapter 14, you believe in him, believe also in me. I go away to prepare you a place that I might come again and receive you unto me. He's coming back for you. He's got a tomorrow for you, and I can't promise that to you, and a doctor can't promise that to you, and science can't promise that to you. The only one that can promise you a tomorrow is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We should be thankful for that. In closing, I'll read these last two verses to finish off this chapter. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of the old Jerusalem, praise Ye the Lord. Amen. We serve a great, great Savior. I don't know how anybody else who knows Jesus Christ could try to go find any other religion, could try to find any other teacher or master. Why anybody want anybody else than Jesus Christ? I think they're foolish. I think it's so foolishness, so much foolishness that I really honestly believe they don't know Jesus Christ or they wouldn't be following. That's why I try to talk to Jehovah's Witnesses and talk to uh, Mormons or talk to anybody else, uh, an atheist, a Buddhist, or whoever it was. And I, I spoke to a guy that, was, that was, wasn't a believer yesterday, and I witnessed it to him. And I basically just told him, Jesus Christ is just the way. He's the truth. And if you'll come to him, he'll save you. I mean, it doesn't get any more simpler than that. It's just the truth. And, and I, I can talk all day long about this cold glass of water and how good it tastes and how refreshing it is, but until you take a drink, you don't understand. And if you're underneath the sound of my voice and you never took Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, oh man, are you missing out. And I can't promise you tomorrow without Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ can give you a better tomorrow and He'll give you a future. And I'm telling you, friends,
If you want to see what it's like to be a Christian and not be a Christian, go to funerals. Go to funerals. Go to a funeral of a good Christian, and I want you to go to a funeral of somebody who's lost, or an atheist, or a Buddhist. Just go, just go to them. The Bible tells you that. The Bible says it's better to go to the funeral than to go to a party. You know why the Bible says that in, in Ecclesiastes? He says, because that's the end of every man. The Bible says, because that's the end of every man. Amen. You need to see the end, friend. And you say, I'm going to live this life. What's going to happen in the end? Am I going to die like a saint as a Christian with people singing and praising God and having smiles on my face? Or am I going to die wicked, not knowing where my soul goes and my friends being sad and crying and wailing? You need, you need to be there and understand that there is a huge difference between the death of a saint and the death of the wicked. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy in our lives, Lord God. Father, you know we're just wicked sinners. Father, you know that we're just, we're just, we're just horrible about reaping and, and just grabbing all these benefits and just taking and taking and taking from you, Lord, and taking your blessings and just walling around in your love and just washing around in it and just, oh, we just love it so much, Lord, but we don't want to do anything for you. And we don't want to pay our, our vows and pay our dues, Lord. We just want to take all the advantages of it, Lord, and be lazy. And, Father, and be like a little child and not, not take out the trash, Father. And, Father, I ask you to forgive us for that. And, Lord, I ask you to give us in our heart what we need to do for you, Lord. And, Lord, it might be something simple for each one of us that we could do, Father, just to show that we love you and that we appreciate you. And we do want to render back to you some of these benefits, Lord. Not, not for salvation, Father. We're not trying to, trying to buy our way into heaven, Lord. But we just want to show you in the simplest way we can as sinners that we simply just love you. And we appreciate you. And we thank you for the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. And we're praying this in our blessed Savior. In his name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight... Do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. 
It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him